y'all and welcome to another episode of Becoming No One. I am your host Big Taj and today we're going to finish the second part of our episode on astral projection. So last week we ended off talking about the trans state neurosis and sleeping paralysis and um, dizziness as well. So now what we're going to talk about is the astral cord, how to actually astral project, what things affect you in that process of trying to do that. How do you develop this self-awareness that's needed in order for you to astral project all those things. But keep in mind again, that you want to start practicing this through lucid dreaming, which we will not talk about until next week. So I'm just giving you this information so that you are aware of what what we're leading up to, basically, okay, and what the astral body can actually do. Since we've already talked about that astral plane, we need to talk about the astral body and what the capabilities of the astral body are, since we already know what the physical capabilities are, okay? So I want to jump back in and talk about the astral cord a little bit more. I mentioned it before that there's a cord that connects our physical body to our astral body. It actually connects from the heart space to the back of our astral head and that's why sometimes you'll have dreams of feeling like you have a blow to the head and that's because you can actually feel the heartbeat in the back of your astral head okay so this cord is actually silver or gray in color Um, again it attaches the physical body to the astral body it is usually compared to like rubber in texture but it's really not accurate that's just the closest thing that we have in our reality to compare it to okay so when you are healthy this astral cord is actually really thick But when you're weakened um, and you haven't raised your vibration, right, this um, astral cord actually thins out, okay? And you remember when I said in the last episode that if anything were ever had to happen to this astral cord and it became severed, then basically you would pass away. So a way that you can do this is not being able to obtain enough energy, okay? Because we talked about neurosis and how the astral body struggles to separate from the physical body when it's not able to obtain enough energy, okay? So you're becoming less electric. And when you become a less electric, that astral cord actually gets thinner. So raising your vibration actually helps to strengthen this cord, okay? How do you do that? You become more electric. That's what we've been talking about Um, Through these episodes, you eat the right foods, you make sure that you're balancing your chakras, right? Because the distance that you travel depends on the core's health. So if the vibes are high, you're able to obtain more energy and you can go to higher realms. But because you're closer to like this pure energy, right? Because we talk about this path to higher consciousness and how do you get into these astral senses as you increase your consciousness, you expand your awareness past yourself and more to like, oh my gosh, this realm and this reality is actually bigger than what I've been told. Okay. That's what I mean by expanding your consciousness. You start to learn and you start to, uh, take in more electricity or more information as well. Okay. So you're getting closer to that purer energy but the poorer health that you are in you lack that electricity and you're just more material you don't have that same access to your light body which requires you to be more electric okay so people have reported seeing this while astral projecting meaning seeing this cord but it is a newer concept okay it's not something that's been around forever this is something that is more recent in astral projection studies okay so when you pass this cord um is severed which we talked about so when you pass away this cord is actually severed because it's what keeps you connected to that astral body and you are the soul you're not the body okay so the soul lives on but the body dies okay so um again that's severed and you still exist as the real you 
or this conduit of cosmic energy, aka your soul is still living, parts of your soul, okay? Um, so your soul is the astral body and the universal breath of life is the universal energy, okay? So you can actually breathe in your astral body and each breath that you take actually affects your physical body, okay? So you can also feel your heartbeat in your astral body as well. Like I said, your heart in your physical body, actually cut the cord is connected from your heart into the back of your head in your astral body. Okay. So you can feel this heartbeat in your astral body as well. That's why sometimes when people are astral projecting, they feel pulsing and that is them actually feeling their heartbeat. All right. So the stronger the breath and the stronger your heartbeat, the stronger the resistance of the cord. So working on breath work is really important. Okay. Because the stronger the breath and the stronger the heartbeat, the stronger the resistance of that core. So we typically in this reality breathe way faster than we're actually designed to breathe. We're supposed to take in eight seconds and breathe out eight seconds, but none of us are really doing that. Okay. And there's a lot of practices that we engage in like chewing gum that actually speed up um, how fast we breathe. Okay. So breath work actually helps you to practice slowing down your breath. And when you slow down your breath, you slow down your heartbeat. Okay. So it kind of gives you this awareness over your body, but also it, uh, helps you to maintain that. Right. So start doing breath work, which again is just practicing, controlling your breath. Usually it's done in a meditative state, but there's also some good videos on YouTube that kind of express this and tell you what you need to do. Okay. So you start by taking deeper breaths throughout your day as well. You know, make sure that you not breathing as fast as, you know, um, at a faster rate. And then also stop chewing gum. Um, singing also helps because singing helps to expand your diaphragm, right? And you're trying to get in more air so that you can belt or you can sing. Okay. So that actually really helps. And so does yoga. Yoga helps as well. All right. So now I'm no doctor, but apparently there has been some link between neurosis, your body's inability to obtain energy and epilepsy. Okay. Which makes sense because when we think about the chakras and the energy centers, certain chakras, if they're in balance, they will cause these certain diseases. Okay. So it's not too far fetched to think that neurosis plays a part in this because neurosis is just de electricity. You are coming, becoming less electric and less pure energy. All right. So, um, there's, there being a physical imbalance in the body somewhere, which is usually caused by repressed emotion, whether it be trauma or sexual abuse, is basically what causes epilepsy, okay? Which causes the etheric body and the physical body to be unaligned, which causes these electrical short circuits in the brain. So epilepsy is something doctors can't really explain. But if you look at it from an energy or etheric standpoint, I think we have a better chance of actually understanding like what the disease is. OK, but again, it is more prevalent in people who have experienced trauma and who have repressed emotions. And we talked about neurosis before talking about sleep paralysis and the people that it affect. And it's the same people, people who suppress their emotions or who are going through like this stressful situation people who have mental disorders okay so the process of ascension raising your vibration can be reached through balancing your chakras and we know if the chakras are out of balance then again it causes all sorts of diseases and remember i said most people don't make it past their solar plexus in the third chakra which involves making conscious decisions but also managing your thoughts managing your emotions uh, now do you see how it's how important it is for you guys to do shadow work right because Every, a lot of these diseases that we experience that 
result as like us not having enough energy or because we are repressing emotion It's because we're not dealing with our trauma because we have all of this energy stored and trapped in our body that was supposed to be released. So another thing that we have to understand is that the astral body has to go to the astral plane each night so that it can recharge its cosmic energy. All right. That's why we need rest. The physical body needs rest. Right. But the astral body also needs to be able to recharge. So that's why sometimes we unconsciously astral project to that realm and we're not even aware of it, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Okay. So we have to make sure that there's enough energy in order for us to separate so that we don't feel depleted and drained or wake up throughout this process and have to experience sleep paralysis, okay? But some people like going into that sleep paralysis state because once I explain to y'all what it is, because it's basically just like a trans state, which I hit on a little bit in the last episode. But once I explain to y'all like what that actually is, you can start your astral projection from that state, okay? So we can deduce that the subconscious mind needs to recharge in order to have the energy to separate and power the astral body. We have determined that this recharging happens on the astral plane because that is where the astral body goes when we are asleep. All right. So it is still under, uh, it's still undetermined where the conscious mind goes, but we do know that it does not stay in the physical body and other, uh, otherwise sleep paralysis wouldn't happen because sleep paralysis is just a delay between the subconscious will awaking in the body and the conscious mind telling the body to get up and that it's time for you to start moving. Okay. Which causes the body to be paralyzed. All right. So without the conscious mind, we really can't move, which is what we were talking about in the last episode. All right. So there's also some recurring dreams that happen that are actually signs that you're astro projecting. Um, and, those are sleeping dreams, dreams of you being asleep, dreams of you falling, dreams of you flying, sleeping upwards, dreams of you taking giant steps. And what I mean by that is you can't really operate your physical body. Okay. Um, also dreams of blows to the head. Cause again, sometimes what we're actually feeling is our heartbeat, but it feels like a blow to the head because of where the astral cord attaches to our astral body. So you might be wondering, why does the astral cord connect the heart to the back of the head? And the reason why it does that is because that's where your medulla, your medulla is. Okay. And we receive consciousness through our crown, through our medulla. We talked about that when we talked about the astral plane and we talked about how sometimes we go, if we have spiritual attacks, we will feel like something is grabbing at the back of our neck, but also at our heart space. Okay. Cause those two things are very, very important. All right. Um, but I also specifically want to talk about these falling dreams because there's something that's actually happening in the body that we can feel in the astral body, which creates the illusion of us falling. Okay. So what's actually happening is one of two things. One, your muscular system is relaxing. Okay. So that your body is falling asleep and your muscles relax all at once. And that's what creates that feeling of falling. But also it could be due to your blood pressure dropping as well. If your blood pressure drops very quickly. All right. Um, another thing that we need to understand that people who experience these fallen dreams a lot are usually a people who are dealing with extreme fatigue and neurosis because again, those plays a, play a huge part in astral projection. So the astral body again has to separate from the physical body in order for it to recharge its cosmic essence. So once you get past the falling, your body kind of moves into this rest state, which is kind of like a trance state between the conscious and 
uh, unconscious and then the separation starts. All right. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But now let's kind of talk about how the astral body moves. Okay. So the astral body is actually powered by desire, but there's three different ways to move the astral body. All right. Um, which is desire habits in, in dreams. All right. Now this desire is basically you have to state what you desire to do and the astral body knows what to do. Okay. So the subconscious will deals in suggestions, which again, I'll elaborate on later um, so that we can understand that. But the astral body already knows what to do. All you do is got to make the suggestion and just leave it up to your body. It knows how to react. Okay. So there are three facts um, to move the body or to induce the subconscious will to act, which powers the astral body as explained earlier, which again is desire habits and dreams. Now habits is you move more easily to familiar places. Okay. So sometimes our astral body um, unconsciously will project to and start doing the things that we do in our day-to-day -day life. That's why sometimes you dream about you working or you dream about you answering the phone at work. If you fell asleep uh, right when you got home from work and all you was doing all day was answering the damn phone. It's because our astral body starts to go or gravitate towards what is familiar. All right. So sometimes unconsciously our habits can influence our dreams and also influence us astral projecting. That's why what you're doing in your day-to-day -day life is really, really important because you are really... Uh, creating your reality, whether you know it or not. All right. And the subconscious mind is kind of seeping this in. Now, sometimes when people pass over their astral body ghost karma loop or whatever you want to call it, um, still performs the same habits and can sometimes be living in an unconscious state, which is usually caused by stress. So these are usually the people who have haunted houses. And the reason being is, is because somebody's astral body is still working in this unconscious state, especially in that period after a time that a person passed, it could be up to 12 months, right? Those people can still be coming and doing what they do daily. That's why sometimes um, if a person used to walk down the hallway at a certain time and sometimes in the middle of the night, you can hear them walking down the hallway. That's why my papa used to jingle his keys in his door to open up the keys, but he would stop at the air conditioner first. Sometimes in the house, we can still hear him moving around and it's because your astral body, even after you pass, still follows the habits that you used to partake in every single day. So again, I just want to reiterate your habits are so important they can, that they can affect you after you pass away that is crazy but that's something to consider right but the moment that this spirit becomes conscious of what is happening and conscious of them passing away right um they can actually change their course of action so it's not an end-all be-all but that's what sometimes causes hunted houses is because we have these habits that we have um, ingrained into our soul and our subconscious and our body even after we pass is still trying to fulfill that desire whatever it was all right so because these spirits have a strong desire the spirit can even move objects in our plane when they are in this unconscious state depending on their desire and prior habits okay so like I said my papa used to turn the air conditioning and I could hear it turning and then he used to jingle his keys and you know open his door or whatever that's why sometimes we can hear that kind of stuff because again it's caused a impression on a subconscious mind your habits typically do all right so how do we astral project Taja? So I'm going to give y'all some preparatory stuff and then I'll kind of jump into it and I'll give y'all my resources at the end because I always believe that it's good for people to read these books. This was a volume one, volume two, which gave us episode one, episode two. Um, Cause again, I'm just bringing y'all on my learning journey. So 
always, always, always go check the resources. Do your own research. Um, I've read multiple books on astral projection, but this was one of my favorite because it's like a complete guide. And I feel like it talks about everything that we need to talk about when it comes to the cord, the subconscious mind, how the astral body moves, all of that. All right. So the weakness of the body helps with astral projection. That's why people who are extremely fatigued, stressed, or have an illness astral project easier. We talked about that. So the goal is to get the body to a passive state so that it cannot respond to the subconscious will, which helps you separate, meaning that you want your physical body to be sleep. All right. That's what they mean by a passive state where it is not reacting to whatever is happening in your mind. All right. So passivity of the body is necessary. You can control your pulse or your heart rate. Um, which you need to slow down in order for you to enter into that state of astral projecting. Um, but you can practice this and it's not an easy thing, right? And if you're one of those people who get scared and think like, I might mess around and actually stop my heart, your subconscious will take suggestions, but it don't always follow suggestions. So just know you okay, sis. It's not, that's not the case. Now, Although you're, you, you want your body to be in this passive state, right? The mind has to be active in order for you to not fall asleep completely or fall into this unconscious state, right? So you don't want to focus on the stress through, that you've been dealing with throughout the day because that kind of prohibits you from astral projecting in the beginning of astral projecting, okay? Because um, that always works against the body. All right. So the goal is not to calm the mind, but to calm the body. And people will tell you that it's to calm the mind. It's not to calm the mind. It is to calm the body down. And that's what we need to understand. All right. So um, the place where you are sleeping should be a low level of noise because unexpected or loud noises sometimes cause in internal stress. Right. And that's why a lot of people get scared out of their sleep. If they hear an unfamiliar noise or if something slams or something knocks, they jump out of their sleep. And it's, we're, we're just more susceptible to those noises because they unfamiliar and it scares us. Right. And us being scared wakes up us up out of that state um, that we want to be in. Okay. Also, being in the arousal state or being in the excited state is also not helpful for us in this astral state because it causes us to wake up. All right. So you want to use a lightweight blanket, something that's not super heavy because we can actually feel that pressure in our astral body. And if we have something super thick on top of us, it can prohibit our astral body from actually leaving. Now, not clothing. Um, although this book actually does say that it's better to start out, you know, if you naked, if you in your birthday suit, because you don't have anything on you. And sometimes clothes can restrict you as well, but it's not going to clothes are not going to stop the astral body from coming or separating. Okay. Um, so that's what we need to know, but, um, you want, you don't want anything restrictive on top of you, period. Now, the best time to astral project is when you have slept for a couple of hours and you project upon awakening. Okay, so that means the moment that you open your eyes, you don't actually get up or move or anything, which some people can. Right. Because I talked about that a little bit in the, the episode before. But it's almost best if you do it right when you still kind of in that trance state where you haven't actually moved your body yet. Okay, so it's a good practice, again, to set that alarm clock and then try to go back to sleep 15 to 30 minutes or the moment that you wake up by yourself. If you wake up around four or five every morning, which I kind of do naturally, um, is to go into stay in that trans state and then try to astral project from that state. Okay, but just because it's easier for you to move now, the body, when you first wake up, is still in this trans state, which is called astral uh, catalepsy. 
Okay, that's that paralyzed state or that rest state that we've talked about that sometimes people wake up and they have sleep paralysis because of. It's actually called astrocatalepsy. Okay, so this can be done by suggestion, which is to set the intention to float your body to the ceiling and imagine that you are floating to the ceiling. Okay, so this is called the floating uh, method and it works best if you are laying on your back. And it also works really well if you're in a dark room because you're able to concentrate better. Okay, but... The room shouldn't be so dark that you can't see the outlines of objects because once you get in your astral body, you're not going to be able to see. And sometimes it can make you feel uncomfortable because if you don't like when you move in your astral body is different than moving your physical body. Right. So you need to be able to navigate. So don't have it so dark that you can't see anything, but have it dark enough to where your mind is at ease. You know, when you close your eyes, you see darkness. All right. So if you have someone um, who has a difficult time sleeping on your back or if you are someone who has a difficult time sleeping on your back it's probably because you have the ability to astro project quicker than other people all right because um some of us who dream on our back or have troubles dreaming on our back we jump out of our sleep a lot and it's because we're starting to astro project and it startles us okay um or you have that dream of you falling as well which startles us as well all right. Now, there's also something called light repercussions, and this is basically the sounds that you will hear when you start to astro project. Now, that can actually be like this sound of popping. Sometimes it's like a crackly sound. Sometimes it's buzzing. Sometimes it's zigzag sounds. Um, sometimes it's words or familiar sounds that you have heard before as well. Some people have reported like hearing dogs barking and stuff like that. If you are used to hearing something, for example, me, when I was at work, I used to come home and I used to hear the freaking wall saying my name because people would be calling my name all freaking day. And sometimes when I would be asleep, I would hear my name and jump up out of my sleep. So it's like that same thing. You start to hear stuff that's familiar. So now we know how to prepare and we also know like some of the things that we're going to experience when it's happening. Um, let's talk about some good practices, right? Some good ways to practice this. Okay. Some things that you can do to kind of help you and aid you in this process. So first you always want to make sure that you're laying on your back with your legs and your arms kind of away from each other. If you have ever seen like one of those, um, posters of them pointing out like your anatomy, your muscles, or your nervous system, right? You always want to kind of be in this natural state, which we're normally in. It's called like supine state. And it's your arms and your legs kind of away from each other, but not like in like a freaking star with your arms wide. You know, you just want to make sure that they are not touching just because that can actually wake you up. OK, if you feel your arm touching your body, you can wake up. So it just stops you from jumping up out of that state. OK, so you want to make sure your arms are kind of away from each other, uh, your body. You can also start if you want to kind of be aware of the beginning of this astral projection. You can start taking deep breaths. So lay in your bed, lay on your back, kind of spread your arms and your legs out. Right. Get in a comfortable position. Start to take deep breaths and you want to hold it for a second and then release it into the top of your stomach where your solar plexus is because um, what you want to do is try to relax your solar plexus because your solar plexus is the place for pain and suffering but it's also about making conscious decisions and managing your thoughts okay so if you're trying to suppress or or make your conscious mind quiet so that you can get into your subconscious will you need the solar plexus to chill the hell out right so you want to do this breathing in holding it and then releasing it like eight times and that actually helps to 
relax your, your solar plexus. Now, again, your solar plexus is like the largest nerve system in your body, not counting the brain. Okay. And it controls your sympathetic nervous system, your digestion and other autonomic functions like sleep and stuff like that. So next, after that, you want to close your eyes and start at the top of your head and try to contract your muscles and relax them. Like try to uh, tighten them up and then relax your muscles. Okay. And you want to do this all throughout your body. Start at your head, move to your neck, then your shoulders, your hands, your arms, all the way down to your feet. Okay. Um, what you're doing when you're practicing this is getting your muscles to relax. Okay. You're starting the process of making them relax. Now, after that, you get to your feet and your toes and stuff and you done crunch them up and release them. Um, Go ahead and move on to your heart rate. Start focusing on your heart rate. Hear it and feel it and really sit in there. Like you want to, you don't want to move on from this listening to your heart until the beats are so clear that you can count them, right? So you want it to be very, very clear. All right. And then from this moment of listening to your heartbeats and laying in this moment, right? Start to try to move that heartbeat to feel it in different areas of your body. What I mean by that is try to see if you can feel the heartbeat in the back of your head. Try to see if you can feel it in your neck. Try to see if you can feel it in your shoulders and kind of move this around. That's you actually um, developing your self-awareness and starting to be able to move your mind throughout your body, okay? This is how I energetically heal, heal myself. So it really is a good practice for you to just do in general. I can feel like the energy breaking up in my body. Now, when you're moving this energy through your body, right, and you're trying to feel the pulsations in different parts of your body, do not move on to the next area of your body until you can feel the pulsations very clearly, okay? Because what you're actually doing is practicing waking up your astral body because our astral body can see and it can feel from anywhere in our body. We do not have to look with our eyes. We can look with our, our being. Okay. So that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to see if you can feel it in other places so that you can start waking up your astral body. All right. And then you try to slow down the pulsations of the heart. Okay. Again, you are not going to end your life doing this because your subconscious mind takes suggestions. It do not always listen to you. All right. So you want to try to slow it down. Now, this is really hard to do. Okay. This is not something that you can do very easily. So a way that you can do this is either you can set intention an intention to do it and just kind of like calm your breath, or you can count the beats. And like I said, you want to stay focused on that count, count, uh, every single beat or every single pulsation, right. And understand the rhythm of your heart. And then as you go, start slowing it down, start counting slower and slower and your body is going to follow. Okay. That's also another way. And um, also you need to know that the subconscious not the subconscious mind knows what to do. If you're worried, don't be worried. All right. Now I said, don't worry, but I know some of y'all are still going to worry. So if you don't like the idea of slowing, slowing your heart rate uh, down, there are other methods that you can try. You just need to do some research. Okay. Um, one method I was taught is to put a pillow underneath your uh, knees and lay on your back, put a pillow underneath your head and try not to move. Just focus on your breath. You know, that works, but there's also other ways to do this as well. And there's also books and stuff that you can read about this. Okay. Which I'm always provide you guys resources. So there's books that you can read up about this. If you have a scribed account, there was some leaked CIA documents that talked about remote viewing, which is the same as astral projection, um, that you can figure out what they were doing in those experiments. You can go on to TikTok because there's so many people talking 
about this or there's so many people who are going over that CIA document as well. So you can do a plethora of other things. It's not just this one way. This is just a way that was given in this book that I thought was a helpful way. Okay. Also just a warning, if you have a sick heart or if you have a heart that is going toward, uh, through any type of stress, it is not a good idea for you to track, uh, try to astral project because it may weaken your heart and you don't want to do that. You know, if your heart is already in a place where it's not in a good state, it could cause issues. And I don't want that for anybody. So if you're somebody who struggles with a heart condition, try to balance your chakras first. Try to get yourself back in good health. Try to raise your vibration. Try to get more electricity. Maybe, you know, even going on the alkaline vegan diet or maybe uh, incorporating that more in your diet can actually help you to strengthen your body. And then um, that's something you can try afterwards. Okay. Um, but the idea of this is so that you help your body relax or you achieve this sleep state while your mind is still awake. So practicing to slow down your heart will really increase your self-awareness, which is a skill that you need to develop because in the astral body, you are very self-aware. So you need to know like how to use it. Now, Taja, what are some things that I can do to develop this self-awareness? Okay. And this is called self-consciousness development. The, the developing of this self-awareness. All right. So first become aware of yourself is really, really important in this process. You should know everything about yourself before trying to attempt to astral project, not only your physical being, like what your body looks like, where your moles are, like you should know that down to a T, but you also should know who you are, what your patterns are, what your habits are, what your thoughts are like, what your belief systems are, are. you know, start questioning every single thought that comes through your head as if it's not yours. Why do you think the way that you think? Where did you get those ideas from? You know, what made you start saying this about yourself? What makes you get upset when you see somebody else being happy or when you see somebody else doing a certain thing that you don't really agree with? What about that makes you upset, right? Start to dig into the pieces of yourself because again, we talking about the subconscious mind where all of those, there is no hiding in the subconscious mind, right? So you want to have that stuff and know that stuff and know yourself, now, another thing that I have said before is that if you never learn to manage your thoughts or your emotions, which again is your solar plexus, right? You will never learn to use your astral body. You'll never get that contact with that divine cosmic energy and you won't be able to attract things into your reality, right? Because those top three chakras are what allows you to attract because you're dealing with the astral body, which has a mag magnetic essence to it. Okay. It attracts things to it by just the mere suggestion. All right. So if you never, if you never learn to manage your emotions and do your shadow work and, and figure out how to manage your thoughts, then you'll never come out of survival mode. And if you never come out of survival mode, which is being stuck in those bottom three chakras, then, you know, you can't get, you can't have access to the reality that you want. You know, you can, but it might be hell and high water for you to get there. Right. But you want to be in this state of ease and in this state of flow. Right. And this is what really helps you with that. OK, so you have to start exploring yourself, study your body, study your mind. How do you think? What do you think? Why do you think that way? Where did it come from? You know, all of those things are really, really important because those shape your belief systems. All right. And now I've talked about this before. Um, but this is what I mean when I say enlightenment is just authenticity. All right. Um, there was a study about this energy that I talked about. I talked about this on TikTok, but there was a study about energy. Right. And they was they were basically measuring, you know, what emotions or what energy make us emit the most 
you know, energy from our body. And a lot of people thought it was going to be love, but it was authenticity, which is just self-love, right? And when you are your true authentic self, you are able to impact the people around you. And whether or not we realize we live in a society that is basically bringing into reality somebody else's dream. Everybody is working towards somebody else's dream when we actually just came here to exist. And by you just existing as your true authentic self, you start to impact the people around you because every single one of us has something to to contribute. Every single one of us is an individual. There is nobody out there like you, period. They can't even beat you if they tried because you have different variables that they do not have, right? But we're all here to help each other and we're all here co-creating this reality. The moment that we realize that we fix this reality by first fixing ourselves, everything will start changing because we all contribute to what this reality looks like. Right now, we putting out a lot of negative. That's So that's all we see is a lot of negative because that is where we're focusing. But if we started focusing on the positive, then our reality would look a lot of differently, okay? And a lot of us are waking up. That's what's happening right now with us moving into this fourth density. A lot of people are moving into love, compassion, and forgiveness. A lot of people are starting to focus on the positive more and get tired of the drama, tired of the fighting, tired of the conflict, tired of the bickering, right? And we are moving into this place where we're able to focus on the positive and create a different reality. And that's the new earth that everybody has been talking about, okay? So just by us being ourselves, we impact the people around us. So you have to get to know yourself so that you can figure out what parts are you and what parts Parts are just a projection from somebody else who influenced you in some way or shaped your experiences in your belief system. Um, figure out what you agree with and what you don't agree with without like thinking about the judgment of the other people or, or what people have told you. Do you agree just based off of your life or based off of your experiences? Do you agree with these idealisms or do you not? Okay, study yourself so that no one can come in and tell you who you are. Study yourself so that you know who you are and what you want. Study yourself so that you're not dependent on everybody else to tell you who the hell you are so that you know All right. So this will increase your self-love, your self-acceptance, your certainty and your confidence. Okay, and it all comes down to balancing your energy. All right. Now, a good exercise is to stand in the mirror and look at yourself. You know, what shapes are your eyes? What does it look like when you're mad? What is it? What do you feel like when that stuff is happening? Okay, try to discover new things about you that you never noticed before. All right. A book I read once said that if you look in the mirror and you stare into your eyes while you're not looking away. Right. And um, you kind of imagine that there's like a third eye in between your head and you go to sleep immediately after that. Apparently, some people will start to astral project just off the strength because when you look into your eyes, it activates your astral body. And that's why people say the eyes are the window to the soul because the soul is the astral body, right? So when you stare at yourself in the mirror, or whatever, and you go to sleep afterwards, apparently you start astral projecting. So try it out and let me know. Also, another good method, which we talked about before, is to read about astral projection before you go to bed, because we tend to recreate our our reality and life stresses in the astral dream state. So you're basically creating stress um, over astral projection so that your body can do it automatically because we project based off of our daily habits and our desires, right? So whatever we're focusing on, right? So it's like conditioning the subconscious mind to understand that the astral body can exist separately from the physical body, which causes the subconscious mind to strive for that. Because again, the subconscious mind is open to those suggestions. So that's why you think 
or what you think becomes reality because what you focus on becomes your reality because the astral body is magnetic and the astral body uh, doesn't care about whether or not it's positive or negative. It only cares about the content, right? Because duality it, this having a good and a bad, a positive and a negative, a light and a dark, that actually doesn't exist. That's something that's man-made. That's something that's so 3D, right? What actually exists is polarity, all right? And this polarity means that everything is the same thing. It's just experienced as a different variable, right? So when we think about light and darkness, darkness is just the absence of light, okay? It's all the same thing. It's no light. This is light. This is no light, Okay, so it's all the same thing. There is no duality, right? There is no good and the bad. This is just closer to what you want, and this is clo not closer to what you want. Okay, so um, we just need to understand that everything exists is, that exists is the same thing. It's just experience and experience on a different area of the spectrum. So I want to explain this uh, further. If anything, thinking about astral projection reinforces the desire to astral project, which will at the very least cause you to dream about astral projecting. Okay. Now this is actually great practice because you can practice lucid dreaming, which is just becoming conscious during your dream. All right. That is the best way to pr practice astral projection and the safest way to practice astral projection. All right. So by you thinking about it and you creating your habits around you know, what it is that you want to experience in the waking world using your conscious will, it influences or makes suggestions to the subconscious will, which make you have a dream about uh, astral projecting. But what another thing we need to understand too is that fear and desire cause the same reaction in the subconscious mind or stress. So let me give you a better example. When I was a kid, me and my brother used to watch scary movies all the time or he would want to watch scary movies. And I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll watch because I didn't want to be a fucking prude. But I hated watching scary movies at night and I will always make us watch Disney movies or some type of kid movie after we watch a scary movie because I knew that if I watch a scary movie before I go to sleep, nine times out of ten, I'm going to have a fucking nightmare. That's what I mean by saying that desire and fear cause the same reaction. What I mean by desire is the things that you're constantly thinking about, you're probably going to dream about. The things that you fear, you're also probably going to dream about because we're talking about the subconscious mind, which is where our fears and stuff lie, okay? So what you think about often, you dream about, and what you fear, you dream about as well. So let's take a second to talk about will because I feel like I have mentioned the conscious will and the subconscious will multiple times, but I haven't really explained to us what that is. So let's talk about it, all right? Now, what is will? Will is the effort of attention or the act. So the will to do something is the, the ability to hold attention to a thought until it fills your whole mind and dominates all your other thoughts, meaning that it basically becomes all you think about. You almost become obsessed with it, right? So it's not hard to do something when that's all you think about. That's why manifestations and prayers work because your thoughts really become your reality. All right. So will is just holding attention to one thought. All right. Now your conscious will is actually how you achieve these habits and stuff, right? Because if you're going to move the body and develop these habits throughout your day, you need to first think about it, right? Which is your conscious mind and your conscious will. So the conscious mind is your thoughts. So before you start to move, you have to think first that I'm about to move. All right. So when you're in the waking world and you gain knowledge about astral projection, and that's where you have your focus at, your subconscious mind becomes curious. And again, it starts to strive for that. It wants to bring it into manifestation. It wants to achieve it. All right. So let's talk up. There's two type of wheels. There's passive wheel and there's active wheel. Okay. Now active wheel is typically what you use in your day-to-day -day life. It usually happens in the daytime and 
um, conscious will is basically setting those habits and following through with those habits. Whereas passive will is usually achieved at night and it's through the subconscious mind. So active will is when the thoughts are going right. When you're overthinking, when you're figuring out your day, stuff like that, whereas passive will is more imaginative. Okay. So that's when you daydream and that's when you in la la land, that's when you in meditation. All right. So um, passive will is actually what you're using when you visualize in, um, because the world is quieter at night, um, or in super early in the morning as well, it's achieved easier for you to get into this passive will state. Um, but you can't force passive will. All right. The moment that you try to start forcing the use of passive, passive will, you are actually using active will because passive will, you have to be in a relaxed state. Okay. So the moment you try to force it, that's active will. All right. So, um, all you have to do is to make the suggestion because the, the subconscious mind takes every suggestion seriously in a subconscious mind. There is a region that reasons, analyzes and directs. And this is often referred to as the super conscious mind. So if you read anything about the ego or anything about that type of stuff or about the mind in general, um, they'll talk about this super conscious mind. Okay. But this is why sometimes you feel like you have two voices in your head because you have a conscious will and a subconscious will. And sometimes in the waking world, like I know I mentioned before that the subconscious will is usually achieved or that passive will is usually achieved more at nighttime. However, it can be used in a day. Now, we talk about a lot of times in movies, the angel and the devil on your shoulder. That is what this is. That's what this dynamic is. And I'm about to explain it to you. So in this angel and devil like situation as often played out in movies, right? We got these two voices in our head. One is telling us to do it and the other one is telling us not to do it, right? So say that you're a person who has been raised your entire life to believe that smoking is bad. And you're like, you know what? I never smoke when I grow up. It, it kills people, it, whatever, whatever, right? And you have it ingrained in your subconscious mind that this is how you are supposed to react, right? But then you get around this group of friends. You you get to high school, you start hanging around people, and all of a sudden those people are smoking, and they like, how you don't like something that you ain't never tried? Like I don't really understand that. And they start showing you how to do it, telling you that you should do it, all of that. Now the part of you that is like, no, is your conscious mind because you're thinking about it, right? And you using your logic, and you're like, no, I've been taught that I'm not supposed to do this. But you've been taught and that belief system actually comes from your subconscious mind. So they are working together in this scenario. So you're like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And you go home. But because you're a little bit curious about it, you just like, well, I mean, what if I did? I mean, what if I just tried it once? All right. That part of you that is considering it is your subconscious will because the part of you that becomes curious and it takes in any suggestion and takes that suggestion seriously. Right. So then you're like, you know what? Tomorrow I am going to smoke and I am going to try it out. Right. But then you get around your friends and you use your conscious mind again. And you like, nah, you start to think about it. And you're like, nah, I ain't going to do that. Right. So that's that dynamic playing out. OK, that's how that's how that works. And that's your two wheels working against each other. That's those two voices in your head is these wheels. OK, so conscious will creates habits while passive will brings what you focus on or your habits into reality. So you have to understand that the subconscious mind takes all suggestions seriously. Why is that important? Because that means that we are programmable. Okay, that is what I'm getting to. We are programmable. So if our mind considers all suggestions, and that means that all people um, have today, it, all people have to do 
is to make a suggestion to us, right? So that's what they do through these movies, through those videos, uh, through um, the media, is they make suggestions of what they think it is or what we should. They plant the seeds in order for it to grow inside of our mind, okay? So you have to understand that if if, if that means... if one thing exists, the other thing exists as well. Okay. Because like I said, we taking the energy all day and then we putting it out. Now, this is important because, um, the first seven years of a child's life are called the formative years. Okay. And this is when they're more susceptible to conditioning and being molded. That's why it's important that at five, you get into school and you start doing this. When your baby is first born, you go and get them baptized. That's why they push those agendas because it has to happen when your kid is in their formative years, because that's when they're more susceptible to be molded. Okay. That's when they're more susceptible to your values and, and your belief systems and taking those on. Okay. And if you think about that, and you make it make sense. Also, within the first seven years is when people are closest to the astral realm. When they kid, when kids are closest to the astral realm, and they have fuller access to their astral senses. Why is that important? Because the astral body is powered by the subconscious mind and the subconscious will. And the subconscious will is the imaginative part of yourself. You know, when you think about kids, they have great imagination. They have imaginary friends, right? So that should tell you that if that subconscious will and they dealing with a imaginary mind, then that means that they're dealing with their subconscious will, which means that they're dealing with their astral body, which means that they're magnetic. They're more susceptible in that area. Okay. They're more susceptible to suggestion in that area. And then they're able to magnetize that towards them. Think about that. We need to think about that. Now, there is also something called crypto consciousness, which is or crypto conscious mind, which is used to set the astral body in motion in the unconscious state. So this is whenever you go into the dream state or wherever you go into the astral plane and you're not aware of it. OK, um, it's basically your your body being on like this autopilot. And like I said, whether you are aware of it or not, you are going to go to the astral plane to recharge every single night. All right. So this force or this crypto consciousness mind seems to defy everything we know. So passive will and conscious will don't really seem to apply when it comes to this. Yes, it'll take suggestions, but it won't necessarily follow through with every suggestion that's made, meaning that it's kind of got like a mind of its own. So we know, almost know nothing about this force because we're not aware when it's happening, but apparently the crypto conscious mind is what causes us to project, but it also causes us to wake up and stop projecting randomly. Now, some of us may have felt this automatic separation before. At the beginning, it kind of feels like wind between your fingers or, or like a cool breeze comes over your body, which eventually um, puts you in a state where you can't feel your limbs. Now, this is actually very similar to how you feel when you take in a trippy trip and it's starting to kick in. Okay. So it's like the same feeling. Um, but after that, after this feeling of not being able to feel your limbs and stuff, your body kind of goes into this paralyzed state. Now, what you need to know about crypto consciousness mind is that it can receive suggestions again from the subconscious mind and it can act on the base, the basis of stress, which happens in the subconscious mind. Um, also, when the crypto conscious mind is projecting, it can accept suggestions from the conscious mind as well, but it can choose to ignore them if it wants to. In addition, this is why people say that when we are trying to manifest um, a good practice is to visualization, right? Because they tell you that you need to see yourself getting what you desire, right? You need to feel what it feels like. You need to act like you already have it, right? You need to come out the meditation and act like it's already yours and start preparing for it to come in, right? 
Um, you need to come up with a plan and move things forward. It's this idea set of being delusional and being obsessed. And the reason why you want to do that is because the habits that you create directly affect your subconscious mind, which is going to take every single suggestion that you send its way um, seriously. Okay. So this is how the mind works. Now, what I'm telling you is just an extra component to combine the mind with the astral body and what it actually does. Okay. So this idea of being delusional, being obsessed, that is a, a brilliant idea because it actually works. What you become obsessed with and what you become focused on starts actually happening and appearing in your reality, whether you want it to or not. Okay. Also, meditation is also an important practice if you want to start astral projection. Why is it important? Because it's practicing how to manage your thoughts. Okay. Um, also, chakra meditations actually help you to practice self-awareness and practice how to move the energy in your body. Now, um, everybody is saying the same thing. Everybody is just using different approaches. Okay. Everybody's talking about the same thing though. Manifesting, talking about what Dr. Joe Dispenza is talking about, talking about energy and Nikola Tesla. All of these people are saying the same thing, but in different ways. All right. Now, the nature of sleep is affected by your understanding of astral, astral projection. That is why you need to know how to use your astral body, especially if you plan to become conscious in your dream. For example, have y'all ever tried to run in your dream, but you felt like you was running underwater, you was running in slow motion? Or have you ever been in a fight in your dream and you felt like you was swinging slow? This is because you're starting to become conscious in the dream because something is happening that is kind of not even putting no fear in you, but it's exciting you. It's arousing you, right? So you start to become conscious and you're trying to move the astral body the way that you move the physical body. And that's why it's in slow fucking motion and you don't know how to use it, right? So um, starting out with these controlled dreams or these lucid dreams are really important because that's the easiest way for you to obtain astral projection, especially if you're having a dream of you projecting because um, it's just easier for you to take over consciousness in those states, all right? And when you realize that you're in a dream, right, um, you're starting to get close to full consciousness. That's what's happening. Now, another exercise that you can partake in um, to increase your desire is dehydration. And what I mean by that, <laughs> it's not dehydration, but it's like fasting or dehydration. Now, because those are necessities in the body, those are extreme desires, right? So when you deprive yourself of it, the astral body if the moment that you go to sleep is going to go somewhere to get it replenished. And what I mean by that, these are usually the dreams where if we thirsty as hell and we go to sleep and then all of a sudden we dreaming about drinking water. Or if we got to pee and we dream that we own a toilet and sometimes people, kids or people will pee on themselves, it's because of this desire being created. So a lot of times what people will do when they are starting to practice this astral projection is they'll fast. Um, and just drink water throughout the day because your body is going to start to feel hungry. And um, also it, it fasting helps with your crown chakra, higher intelligence, but it also uh, helps with you becoming more light. So a lot of people who are starting a meditative practice, or if you watch Avatar The Last Airbender, when he was doing balancing his chakras, he fasted for a while. Okay. Cause fasting is a, a, a great tool, but some people will also use water and what they'll do is not drink a lot of water throughout the day. And if they get really, really thirsty to where they can't take it no more, they'll drink just a little bit of water or they'll drink some salt water. Now, the reason why they'll drink salt water is because salt makes you thirstier for that moment. It actually does quench your thirst, but the desire for thirst after that increases significantly. That's why a lot of our waters like Dasani or other waters have 
salt on like if you look at the back of the label it'll say salt or it'll say sodium bicarbonate and it's a marketing scheme because it makes you thirstier so you're gonna drink the water and you're gonna be satisfied for a second second but then it's gonna increase your thirst and then what you're gonna do you're gonna go get another bottle of water okay so what a lot of people will do in this state where they're practicing is they'll either fast or they'll you know deprive themselves of water because they know that they're going to astro project to a place where they are dreaming that they're drinking about water um, that they're drinking water and a lot of times they'll tease themselves throughout the day and they'll like leave out a cup of water on a nightstand stare at a water before they go to sleep like stuff like that to help them get into that astral place now the fasting tip doesn't actually work for people who don't eat a lot or people who starve themselves throughout the day, okay? Because your body is used to that. It usually works better for people who don't actually, you know, go without water, or people who don't actually go without food, okay? And what's actually happening is that um, it stimulates your pituitary gland and your pineal gland, which increases the blood pressure to your head, which causes stress in the body. So remember I said neurosis typically happens to people who experience nervous disorders or stress. So you are basically recreating this purpose for practice so that you're able to practice getting into that subconscious will and astral projecting, right? And this is kind of like a way to ensure that your, your astral body leaves your body that night. And you wake up in the process because you're so damn thirsty and full with desire to drink something that it just kind of like automatically happens. All right. But you know that you are fully conscious. Uh, what you need to know is that fully conscious projection is actually abnormal, meaning that you don't typically project the entire time and remain conscious during that period. So a lot of people will wake up in the middle of a projection or a lot of people will actually experience it from the beginning, but they can't really control when they wake up and when they go there, if that makes sense. Um, not everybody can. All right. So there are two type of trans states that you need to understand when we're talking about astral projection. So there's one that when you wake up, you basically don't know where you are. You don't, you know that you exist somewhere, but you like kind of in this state where you don't understand where you are. And the other one is what they call sleep paralysis, right? You wake up in this state and your body is basically par paralyzed. Both of you require to stay, both of these uh, states require you to stay calm because when you stay calm, you are dealing with the astral body and you won't wake yourself up. So a lot of times when you in these states, it's easier for you to just go ahead and astral project. All right. Now, another method is practicing with a friend. It usually has to be like, like a loved one because there's some type of connection or bond there. Um, and basically what you want to do is like try to astral project to your friend's room, right? And see if they can see you if they're up and if they're asleep, like do something in their room and see if you can influence their dreams. Now there's actually this really cool story about this dude who did this with his girlfriend and basically he astral projected to his girlfriend's room for a whole week, right? And as he was astral projecting in his girlfriend's room, he seen her and she was woke. She was like up. And what he did is he went to her dresser and he touched a comb and he came to her and he touched her on the shoulder and then he said he like zapped out of it real quick. Now, the next day he asked her like, hey, did you see me in your room? And she's like, no, I didn't see you. But what's crazy is I had a dream about you and you kept trying to comb my hair. And I kept trying to tell you that the comb was on the dresser. y'all. Now, let me tell you why I'm including this story, because I really think this story is wild as hell, because what this actually means is that if this is true, right, and he was able to astral project to his girlfriend's room and actually influence her dreams that happened later on that night, right, then that means that what they said, what we talked about in that episode about the astral plane, about these other entities being able to influence your behavior and influencing influence your thought process and stuff 
could actually be true, right? Because what these entities actually do is attach themselves to you on the astral plane and they're able to influence your subconscious mind without you knowing, right? They're able to plant these fucking seeds, right? And um, it's not so far-fetched if this, what this guy is talking about, he was able to do, if this is true, it's not so far-fetched that these dark entities can do that as well, all right? So not only are we programmable, sometimes we're programmable by things we can't even fucking see, Okay, so it's really, I hope the math is starting to math for everybody. Okay, so why do we need to care about this? Why do we need to care about astral projection? Because astral projection is the first realization or confirmation that there is a version of us that exists outside of this physical body, that we are more than what we have fucking been told, right? And once we realize that we are more than what we have been taught, then we become curious and we start to expand our consciousness outside of ourself and we become less me, 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 and more we, 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 and we need more we, 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 we. Okay, because that's that path to service to other people. All right. And um, you start to realize that who you are, what you are, and by figuring out what you are, you better understand this reality that we're in and how to navigate it. Okay. So resources for this episode, most of the information actually came from this book called Astral Projections, The Supreme Guide to Travel in the Unknown Worlds and Contact Your Missing Loved Ones by uh, Marius or Marius M-A-R-I-U-S K Green. All right. Now becoming no one is about me bringing y'all along on this path of ascension or evolution of higher knowledge, right? Uh, because I really love learning new things, y'all. And I really love sharing that with y'all. And this podcast really helps me to not only find my tribe, but also critically think and put into words some of this, some of these ideas that I come across and be able to conceptualize it and you know, process it. Right. So, um, it's just an extra bonus for me that I get to bring y'all along on this journey. So I really, really appreciate the feedback. I appreciate everything that you guys have been saying. I appreciate the fact that I'm creating this space for people to talk about these things that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Um, so I'm really excited about, you know, where this podcast is going. We are coming up on, um, the end of this season. And what that means is we have four more weeks, which is going to take us to the week right before Thanksgiving of this season. And this whole entire season was about us understanding us, understanding how we function, right? So that we can then expand to those bigger to topics about the universe, about star seeds, about stuff like that, which I know you guys want to talk about, which we're going to actually talk about star seeds in this season, which is great. But we got about four more episodes and then after that, we are going to take a break into the, the third of the year. So January 3rd, which is going to be about three or four weeks before we start season two. So I'm really, really excited. Thank you so much, everybody, for all of the feedback. Um, I've already started working on season two, and I'm actually really excited to share that because we're going to get into some of this ancient knowledge and stuff. Um, and the hermetic principles and the laws of the universe and all kind of stuff like that. And so I really can't wait to share that with y'all next week. Again, we talking about lucid dreaming. So I just want to say, I'll see y'all next week. Happy healing people. And I love y'all deep.